0: it's finally here the graffito podcast season finale what did you learn this season what were the most valuable takeaways who was your favorite guest who said something that they will deeply regret? I know I do. We interviewed nine incredible women, all making a giant impact on the city of Boston. We asked, and they answered. <laughs> Jesse's laughing. It's dramatic. <laughs> I know. Okay, let me finish. We begged you to follow us on Twitter at Graffito Podcast, and you ignored us. <laughs> we asked you to send us your questions to podcast at graffito.com. And a few of you sent us links to other inferior podcasts. We said goodbye to guests and then kept talking for several minutes, creating uncomfortably long episodes. It was an exciting few months, and now it's drawing to a close. So now my co-host Jesse Barricon is here with another special guest, and we're wrapping up this memorable season of the Graffito Podcast. did that take <laughs> you to write oh, that not not long what an intro oh man the music is symphony dragon slayer <laughs> by Mackay, makai m-a-k-a-i oh, i'm blown away drew the special guest that we have jesse to my left and to your straight ahead <laughs> is melissa castro who's our newest team member Woo! yeah day one doesn't happen often new team members that's so, right it's a very big deal for us
1: it's a big deal to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a big deal to be on a podcast your first day, and I would think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How often does that happen? Hey, welcome. We're going to record something. Hop on. I think when we talked to you at first, we were like, will you be comfortable in front of a microphone? <laughs> it's like part of the job. But welcome to your first day at Graffito, a very empty office. But nonetheless, Thank you for having me. Excitement. I'm excited to be here. Where are you coming from? Let everybody know what you were doing prior.
1: I was going to say, I tried to answer this question earlier, and I said Maui. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't mention from. the last
0: vacation. It was a very good answer, by the way. <laughs> yes, you are literally coming from your vacation in Maui, but what about your place of employment?
1: Absolutely. Before coming to Graffito, I was working at Commonwealth Kitchen for about 2.5 years. <laughs> so exact.
0: <laughs> That's why she's here.
1: <laughs> uh, leading their business development efforts, so uh, strategic partnerships, and then finding sales opportunities for the entrepreneurs that we were working with.
0: And you're here in a strategy operations role, which is something we badly need. We don't really have titles. We just kind of have like (laughs) domains here, which you'll learn. But anyway, welcome. We're forced to awkwardly title ourselves. It works, though. People want to know. Yeah, people want to know.
1: Jack of all trades, you know, Jesse's right hand, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, we'll
2: figure it out.
0: We'll figure it out. Our headshots change, so maybe our titles will change quarterly or something on the website just to confuse people.
1: Yeah, I just hope I get the window headshot that I think Jesse or someone else has.
0: Yeah, we used the drone to take Jesse's headshot yeah. Oh, we were right. social distancing <laughs> when we did it. And Drew, what's on the website now? I forget. I, it, they're all, it's all mixed up. So new he- when Gustavo went to work with the mayor or the, you know, the, the now mayor, the now mayor,
1: Miss we King had Jamie. we had
0: to change his headshot because it had a mustache in it. And he didn't like that. He, someone didn't it. like it. Someone didn't like it. Some people thought it wasn't professional enough, but what about people who
2: actually have mustaches? What's wrong with the mustache? <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to get into it. I just changed All it. All right. Sorry. We're digressing here.
0: We are. So this episode will be a little bit different. No guests other than our new teammate and no news today because the big news is that this is our last episode. Um, so what else is there really? And also you guys are... Very lucky that we're social distance right now because I forgot to wear deodorant. I just (laughs) thought of that. I thought it would be fun to play a little game, a little who said it game. I'll give you the quote and Jesse, you tell me who said it. Then we'll play the clip in a little bit of context just to hear the full quote and to have that person say it. So we are going to get going. If you were paying attention to every episode Jesse, you should nail this. You were here when we recorded it, so you should definitely nail this. But Melissa, feel free. I know you've listened to one or two episodes, (laughs) like some of our other team members. All right. So feel free to play along. All right, you ready? Excited. First quote, the pandemic has given us so many things, including a really deep appreciation of the role Main Street businesses play in our quality of life. Who said it? God, so many of our
2: guests. Can you write one more time? (laughs) No, <laughs> no. The,
0: the importance of Main Street businesses, that was, it's gotta be Michelle Wu. Oh, no? You are not starting off well, Jesse. Oh, let us I'm gonna play the quote and then we'll tell you who said it. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, the pandemic has given us so many things, including a, a really deep appreciation of the role Main Street businesses play in our quality of life. And cities like Cambridge have done a really nice job of saluting that and providing hard and soft um, forms of relief. And so people like me who work to advocate for creating vibrant communities and and different um, business interests have just said, look, let's, let's, let's keep it going. Um, These small business owners get nickel and dimed by cities. It's not just Cambridge, you know, get the, the $30 fee here and the $100 charge and this tax and that tax. These things have been in place forever. Yeah. So there, it's not even like- and no one ever yeah. stopped and added right. them up and started to put themselves in the shoes of the small business owner and say, wow, how does it feel to get 30 different pieces of mail every year, you know, at different times and have to keep up with it all? Yeah. Um, never, never mind. also pay the bills. So um, we're just working with the city and, and the council and others to really streamline the experience of being a small business owner to make Cambridge, you know, one of the best cities to run right. a small business.
0: I think the Cambridge thing would have tipped you off, Jesse. Yeah, what That if? was C-A-Web. That was practice, right? <laughs>
3: That was a
1: scrimmage. That was a scrimmage. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. But she was talking about how Cambridge has loosened up some of its licensing fees and trying to make things easier for business owners to make things happen sooner and quickly and with less money. Well, well, can I just say, the reason I think that was an
2: unfair first one is that every guest we had this season... In some way, I think fundamentally believes that the strength of our cities is is largely tied to the strength of our small local owner operated main street businesses.
0: They all so, think that, but what was said on the episode? All right, fine. All right, next quote. Well, so you get where I'm going on this. I mean, come I hear on, you. yeah. So when we think about accessibility, we're all of the sudden going from hours to minutes.
4: Hmm. Hmm.
0: When we think about accessibility, we're going from hours to minutes. That was, I'm going to assume you don't know, but you should guess. Uh, What's going through my head is accessibility. Is this something Michelle Wu said? <laughs> no, <laughs> this was Christine Marcus.
5: Let's listen. We think everything is very accessible to us, whether it's groceries or you know restaurants or whatever. But, if you really think about it, our concept of accessibility is waiting forty five minutes. That's probably the minimum for a meal if you order from you know one of the apps for the restaurant.. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if you order Amazon, which I'm a huge customer of, you know one hour, if you live in an area that has the prime now, that's a, that's the minimum. Most places are many you know much longer than that. So, when we think about accessibility, we're all of a sudden going from hours to minutes and in terms of a transaction with our locker it takes four seconds to complete an entire transaction mm. so that issue about accessibility when i think about where are the applications of where these could go they literally could go everywhere
0: there you go christy mark is talking about her locket lockers i should have got that one and i should have challenged her on four seconds four seconds is a pretty damn fast transaction but i get the point have you used one of the lockers? No, I mean, I, you yeah. know, I'm not in well, one so have of Have you used, have you seen? Yeah. No, yeah.
1: I'm old school traditional.
0: What do you mean? You like, like to walk into shops? and? Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely. It's about the experience.
0: But what, do you live in an apartment building?
1: No, I live in a house.
0: I imagine if you lived in an apartment building and you were busy at work and you came home at seven o'clock at night or something, you just needed a snack or food, then maybe, you know, you consider it. And that's the thing, I'm just not in the context of them. But I think it's a great idea. It was fun to have her on. All right, you ready for the next one? I guess so.
1: <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> you're, doing you, good. Jesse. Yeah. you're
0: doing good, Jesse. Oh, for 2, but you're doing great. This next one is the following. I think that we've come away feeling that the world understands that restaurants are really important, that we're a part of the fabric of the community, that we create the culture in a neighborhood, that without them, your neighborhoods aren't safe. You know, we are the canary in the coal mine in development. You know that. Jody Adams. Jody Adams. Let's listen. <laughs> you mentioned this 20 million is there more on the way or right now that's that's kind of it
4: no there you know it there's there've been a lot of um sources so in every city and every town there have been grant and loan programs you know every i i think that we've come away feeling that the world understands that restaurants are really important mm. that we are part of the fabric of a community that we create the culture in a neighborhood that without them, your neighborhoods aren't as safe. You know, we are the canary in the coal mine in development. You know that. I mean, you're showing, you know, we're looking at uh, photos of empty sites. And the first thing you said was, that's where Douglas is going with his restaurant, right? Because they, we
2: actually, none of these places would be particularly interesting without restaurants.
4: Yeah. And I, and I think the world now really understands that in a, in a way that, that they hadn't before. And what we've seen certainly across the state um, and in the local cities is the uh, local government stepping up and figuring out a way to get grants and loans to small independent restaurateurs.
0: There you go, Jesse. Nice job. Thank you. She was an awesome guest. It was so great having her. Agreed. I'm realizing all these quotes sound a lot better coming from the actual people that said them. You then then you reading of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, okay. You ready for the next one? I'm ready. This is another kind of lengthy one. What I really learned is mutual respect is the foundation that makes everything work. And if you don't respect one another, it's not going to work. And if you do respect one another, then you can have a conversation. You can talk about things. You can make decisions. You don't always have to agree on things, but you can treat each other kindly. Warming up here, Drew. Okay. This was Rachel talking about her partnership. Jesse, you're right. I should be a game. Jesse, for the win. All right, so let's listen to this one.
6: I always wanted to own my own business because I didn't want a boss. And when you have partners, you kind of have like, you know, you're, you are accountable to each other. Right. And, and what we've really learned through the... What I really learned is mutual respect is the foundation that makes everything work. And if you don't respect one another... It's not gonna work. And if you do respect one one another, then you can have conversations, you can talk about things, you can can make decisions, they're not, you don't always have to agree on things, but you can treat each other kindly.
0: So what you're saying is, these decisions might seem like they'd be very hard, but if there's this mutual respect among a group, they're actually a lot easier than you might think.
6: Yes. (laughs) I don't know about easier, but yes. I mean, it's, they're not... It's not as
0: unfathomable. It's not as unfathomable. There you go, me saying complicated words. It was nice to hear her banging as well. Yeah, that... Did you hear that in the recording? Yes, she's so... Melissa, I'm constantly when people pick at their pens or they're banging, I have to speak up and Jesse's like, Oh, I didn't notice. But now you hear it. I hear Jesse. it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm it's like validation, and, and, which is kind of nice. And Melissa, that was already Rachel, Rachel from Mamala's State Park,
2: Vincent's that the Big Dipper hospitality group.
0: In response to me nitpicking that she was clicking her pen, she actually sent this like putty for guests where they can play with the putty instead of clicking on pens and stuff if they're fidgety. So that was actually pretty considerate and uh, a nice way to respond. Oh, this is good
2: cliff notes for folks that don't want to go back and listen to all the episodes. Well, I'm this hoping it's intriguing
0: good... enough that they'll want to listen to more. Oh, you
2: mean they'll hear something now yeah. and then say, let's go back yes. and spend 50 yeah. minutes listening to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or like Dave Downing does on the Graffito team, you just do it at one and a half X time.
0: Yeah, Dave on our team listens to everything in almost double speed to because he's just so busy. All right, I think you're going to get the next one, Jesse. I'm obviously Matt Damon. Wait, what? Her quote was, I'm obviously Matt Damon. Janelle. Janelle. Talking about co-writing at the Globe with Tim Logan, right? Exactly. Okay. Let's you, listen. That really threw me off. At I first. know. I, I, it was a trick one. Okay. How do you co-write something? With uh Google Docs. <laughs> but I mean, are you literally oh, you're actually writing like Yeah,
7: yeah. No, we're finishing each other's wow. sentences
0: in Google Docs. Yeah. You're like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. <laughs> I mean For Goodwill Honey.
7: Yeah. I, I mean I'm a, I'm oh. obviously Matt Damon. Yeah, but I was yes. gonna ask which um, one. Okay. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But, so Tim, you, I, disagree. I always wondered if it was Sorry, like, I write it and then you edit it, or if it, but it's literally like you guys are just kind of fueling the same fire. Yeah. Same I mean, time.
7: you know, it's a lot of what's, what's great when you have collaborators like that. And what's really funny now is Tim has actually moved into editing. He's now editing me, which is funny. Um, this just happened. So he already knows how I write and how I operate. So it's great. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we together do a, a lot of reporting. Sometimes we're on the calls together. Um, sometimes we go off and do our own stuff. We bring it back. We hash through what we got and then we sort of outline it, map it out. And that then, seems
0: rare. I don't think a lot of writers can do that with somebody else where it's just literally intertwined.
7: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the interesting things to come out of the pandemic actually is that because we were forced to be apart, we were actually also forced to write together in ways that we had never done before. <laughs>
0: I'm realizing this is a horrible exercise. I have to listen to myself. I was hoping it would just be them, but every once in a while my voice pops in, which is just. You still awful. have an issue listening to your voice after yeah.
2: the Yeah. Most how do you feel about your own voice when you hear hate it? it? See, yeah. it's universal. Yeah, no it likes. is universal. We've had all that these That doesn't mean on. that I'm
0: supposed to be like cool with it.
2: I've gotten used because I listen to all the podcasts. I actually am one of the people <laughs> listening. You're
0: proving yourself.
2: <laughs> I've gotten used to my own voice. I hated it. First season was like, I, it was hard to get through an episode.
0: Yeah, I hate your voice, too. I love your voice, No, I'm just Jesse. kidding. Thank I do you. like your Thank voice, you. too. It's, and, you know, I was hanging out with your son last weekend. It's so funny because he's got a little raspy, like, little raspy yes. voice, but it's a little mini version. It's the most amazing thing. So right. this
1: is not from, like, yelling or drinking or anything?
0: No, this is all the time. It's, yeah, voice. all the time. All right. That was a good one. Janelle was a great guest. Okay, ready for the next one? Quick
2: clarifying yes. question.
0: Yeah. Um, it's going to get easier now because there are no duplicates. There are no duplicates.
2: Wow, oh, I um, got
1: this. I have a list. I'm crossing them off.
0: Oh, oh wow. Ooh, that's okay. Smart. All right. Well, maybe you should just guess at this next one. Because I, I think Guaranteed, you, guarantee Melissa's gonna actually, Melissa is going to Actually, Melissa, you're next. Yeah. I think you're going to be, be able to guess this based on who's left. Ooh. All right. Are you ready? I truly believe that one of the greatest drivers of inequities across Boston, racial inequities, economic injustices, is the myopic way we run our development process.
1: Mm, Michelle Wu.
0: Michelle Wu. See? You don't even have to listen. This is great. Here, let's listen in.
8: I truly believe that one of the greatest drivers of inequities across Boston, racial inequities, economic injustices, is this myopic way that we run our development process.
2: Um, That process is run by the Boston Planning and Development, by the BPDA.
8: That's right. We are still um, using an agency structure that many cities abandoned after the urban renewal push through the federal government in the 1950s into 60s was was sort of put to bed you know in the this was at a time in our country when urban blight was a major issue and so the goal was to facilitate redevelopment in in the inner core of cities at whatever cost and so we got outcomes like the west end in boston where entire communities would be taken by eminent domain bulldozed to the ground residents displaced usually working class or poor immigrant residents of color and the goal you know i think the intention at the time was we'll build new buildings people will be able to come back to better amenities but the housing that was created was never affordable enough or in greater you know great enough numbers to have people come back and so it resulted in mass displacement across this city and others but boston didn't back away from that structure and in fact we dissolved our planning structure collapsed it into the BPDA. So we have one mega agency that is incredibly powerful, but it doesn't reflect the need for a holistic sense of planning, as well as community um, meaningful community input into how we set the rules around development.
2: Melissa, what do you think? Powerful, right? Yeah, Very powerful, yeah. And we had a few clients who reached out to me after this specifically saying they listened to this episode was actually really helpful for them because you called Michelle out at one point with her language talking about abolishing the BPDA and how what what does that really mean? And I thought she did a nice job expanding upon... The way in which she would view some change at the agency level. Yeah, so was-
0: it reminded me of the term defund the police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like What does that really mean? And, and on the surface, it sounds like, well, it's your reaction is, whoa, like slow down. Um, but it actually, she, you know, she has this giant report, which I read a few pages and then just hearing her description made a lot of sense.
1: Have you met her, Melissa? I have not.
0: Yeah. We are making good progress. We have three more. The next one. I'm obsessed these days with what is the future of the workplace. And I'm totally focused on career long learning because what used to happen in 10 years with technologies and management philosophies are now happening in a year or six months. So that tells you there's going to be a huge need for learning and training and upskilling or whatever you want to call it.
2: Elizabeth Lowry, Alcus Freddie Architects. Nailed that one.
0: Getting better. <laughs> Jesse, after <laughs> eight of the nine uh, nine guests, yes.
6: You're going to have greater spacing. So the days of dense packing and benching are over because that's, we said this before the pandemic, but that's just not human centric that, um, so you're going to have greater spacing. So you're going to have more square feet per person. Right, so you still need per the person. space. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm obsessed these days with, okay, what is the future of the workplace? And I'm so totally focused on career-long learning. So how, because what used to happen in 10 years with technology and management philosophies are now happening in a year or six months. So that tells you there's going to be this, or there is a huge need for learning and training and upskilling or whatever you want to call it. So as you look through corporate America, the dollars that are being spent on, I'm calling it learning, but education, uh, I don't like the word training because that feels like somebody's Mm -hmm. doing something to you, but Mm -hmm. that learning. And so how does space provide the learning, both intuitively, organically, and very planned ways? So I think you're going to hear a lot about that as we move out of this pandemic and move into our next chapter
0: all about the future of the workplace was really interesting. All right, we're moving right along. You ready for the next one? I got really quite angry because you know, we happen to have wonderful support. We have the resources. We have people who have the time and energy to look into all of this. There are many people, especially minority owned businesses who are just struggling to make it day in and day out to make their business survive that I don't know how they're getting this information. I believe this was Liza Barakan shirazi talking about the employer retention tax credit, which was mind-boggling. There's just money out there. I, we, we never really followed up. Like, if people really took advantage of this, people we knew.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel really lucky to have worked at Commonwealth Kitchen because I feel like we were a great resource for so many restaurants, at least in the food space. I can't speak for other industries, but...
2: And didn't you find so many restaurants just didn't even know what was out
0: there?
1: No idea. Yeah.
0: And w- did you just approach whoever you could and just say, hey, by the way, this is available. You should take advantage. I
1: mean, we tried to hold as many webinars as we could, but I think naturally people see us as a trusted partner. So a lot of people just inflooded our inboxes and, you know, we helped them from there.
0: Yeah. Well, we hoped that that one conversation we, we had with Liza enlightened somebody out there that there's money to be had and that people took advantage. And let's just listen to the clip, even though it's exactly what I just said, because it sounds better when she says it. Agree.
8: The way it's written is incredibly hard to understand. The information out there is not clear. And I got really quite angry because, you know, we happen to have really... Wonderful support. We have a great accountant, mm-hmm. you know, Johanna, who works for you, works for us as well. We have the resources. We have people who have the time and energy to look into all of this. There are many people, especially minority-owned businesses, who are just struggling to make it day in and day out right. to make their business survive that I don't know how they're getting this information.
0: Definitely saw that in Chinatown as well. We figure a lot of the restaurants there just didn't have the resources to get the information they needed and unfortunately just didn't have a good outcome.
2: Well, I think part of the challenge is, you know, we look back and this wasn't even, I mean, I think you could say this about any moment in time, not just during the pandemic. Restauranteurs, small business owners, retailers, the good ones are just so busy on the day to day running their business and they're not experts on tax law. You know, they're not following the news necessarily as related to what the federal government is doing in the most recent piece of legislation and the economic support that may be coming. And I think Liza felt very moved. I mean, she didn't even know about this. My sister, actually, Melissa, she didn't even know the economic benefit of the ERTC. She, Her accountant couldn't even explain. I mean, so I, I think it just felt like there was all this support that came last year,
0: but it was very hard to access it at times.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of peer-to-peer learning, just a great Mm. mind.
0: Yeah, so true. All right, last one, you ready? Melissa, you got this one, last one? You don't want the applause, and I know you don't need it, but it's these kinds of conversations, it's that kind of personal checking, and it literally is the kind of, it's not even a hand up, it's just hold the door for me. You know I was already on that way, we might have been on that way together, I would hold it for you. Just hold the door open for me.
1: So this is the podcast I have not read that I know I need to, which is Nia Grace.
0: Nia Grace was an incredible guest. We got into so many things, not only her accomplishments, but just her views on the city and and really how systematically racist we can be as a city. And I encourage everyone to listen to it. And let's listen to this clip.
2: It's upsetting that we have to be operating in a world right now where we have to open doors for Nia. That's kind of crazy given how talented you are and, you know, in your own right, like the skills you bring to the table and what you've done in your career. So it is this weird thing. And I feel, you know, when people say, how can you leverage your white privilege? The fact that we even have to do that, it does feel awkward to me. It, it's,
4: it's upsetting. Because why should you need us? Well, I, I can, uh, I definitely appreciate those comments and I know exactly, you know, how you feel. And let me tell you what, I'm equally upset. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you don't? it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we, we sit in that space, but what I have to, uh, you know, and, and you don't want the applause and I know you don't need it, but it's these kind of conversations. It's that kind of personal checking. And it, it literally is this kind of, it's not even a hand up. It's just a open the door. It's just hold the door for me. You know, mm. I was already on that way. We might've been on that way together. I would hold it for you. Just hold Hold the door open for me. Hmm.
0: It's good. Yeah. All right. That concludes our game. All right. I do have one other quote. It's I drive a Chevy Bolt. Who said it multiple times on our <laughs> on our podcast? I'm very excited about the Bearcon new family. Vehicle. I saw it plugged in. Yeah. It's tempting to leave something on your windshield every time I pass it. Yeah. Because well, I know a, it's yours. That was me. That was my quote. I drive a Chevy Bolt. <laughs> I drive a Chevy Bolt. Well, that's it. I mean, There are some themes, obviously, throughout uh, the season. I think for me, one of the most common themes is that the pandemic was awful, but some good things will come of this. And from this crisis, not unlike other crises in our history, there'll be change for the positive. For example, the way we view dining outdoors will change, the way we think about racial inequities, the importance of main streets, and how we think about our daily routine and our sort of general work environment. And I think we lost hundreds of thousands of lives and it would be a shame if something good didn't happen from this mess. But I do think that there will be some good and some positive change. And I feel like we covered that throughout this season.
2: You know, thinking back to all these conversations, nine conversations with nine really, really, really smart women um, who are wildly respected in this city. The theme for me that's so obvious and we've talked about this is that everyone has gotten, one, everyone's gotten smarter. I think people have learned a lot over the last 15, 16 months and I'm optimistic that those learnings uh, can really help us move forward as a small business community, um, as a community just period. And I think that learning is not just from restaurateurs or architects or politicians. You know, that learning is kind of transcends professional practices and all sorts of barriers that exist. I think the other part for me that is I'm less optimistic about, frankly, is um, you know, Elizabeth last week mentioned how in her professional practice she's able to ask more questions and challenge norms in a way that she wasn't able to do previously. And and we're talking about interior design and the way people work. I actually think that at graffito and for many folks that I think are like-minded, the the pandemic and the increased focus on breaking down systemic racism in this city and throughout the country have given folks the ability to challenge norms in a way that many people were, but not necessarily within power structures of white America and corporate America. Like you think about our clients, the real estate developers, the investors, Uh, The institutions, the bankers. I think there has been more of a willingness to have conversations around what does it mean to put a black owned business in this space versus the usual suspect. You know, we're talking about that earlier this morning, right? So, the part that's a very optimistic thing that we can actually have those conversations. But the big question is, you know, what comes of that? What's the action? How do we execute on that as a community? And I'm already starting to feel candidly that um, there was this momentum. Uh, from many of the folks that we work with, and many of the folks in the city, and that the downside of this quote "return to normal" that everybody talks about is we fall back into kind of the rhythms and the patterns and our behaviors of 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 2019. So TBD, but that's something I've been thinking a lot about, and and that that is something I thought a lot about through all of these guests.
0: Yeah, you hope that this it's not a trend or something that's just fleeting that it's going to last a long time that people think about these things and continue on. And they don't just kind of leave it behind because we're through this sort of pandemic.
2: Well, so what's your perspective? I mean, at Commonwealth kitchen, you in your prior role, you were out front, you were dealing hands on with tenants and operators and makers in a way, you know, that frankly more so than we were at Graffito, that's for sure. Do you, do you share the sentiment I expressed or are you feeling optimistic, pessimistic? Like where is your head at?
1: I'm feeling optimistic. Love it. you know, And I'll bring it back to when you and I spoke, Jesse, regarding this role, you know, part of this responsibility is to continue to challenge these clients, right? And when you kind of described that aspect of the, of the position, I was really excited because it's a lot of the work that I had been doing with Commonwealth Kitchen. I will say, due to the pandemic, I've seen a lot of change from developers, or at least their approach to being more proactive and bringing us in much earlier instead of retroactively trying to fit in tenants or operators into spaces. So even that small shift is a huge win for us. Um, So I I hope that this is not um, a fad, right? It's not short. Um, I I really do think this is long-term. And it's up to people like us to continue to push folks in the right direction.
0: Uh, And then we also talked a lot about restaurants, their struggles, their victories, their methods to remaining open during a very difficult time. And to this day, there are issues with money and staffing. It's still going on, and we need to be supportive and fight for them so they can still be around on the other side of this thing.
2: Well, it's so clear staffing is the biggest issue right now. Number one transcends, I think, anything else up against these retailers, restaurants in particular.
0: Yeah, look, we could easily get into all of these issues again, but there's no need. Just listen to this last season, and you'll be covered. For now, I'm officially drawing things to a close. That's a wrap? Yeah, that's a wrap. The music has started. That means we have to end things. I have no control over it. (laughs) We do hope you're enjoying our little podcast that was started as a way to let our clients and friends listen in on conversations that we were having during the height of the pandemic. When we return, if we return, it's likely we'll be considering ourselves in a post-pandemic world. I know people are using that term now, but...
1: We're still kind of in it.
0: We're really not in a post-pandemic world yet. We're still battling this thing. Yeah. Hopefully later in the year it will be official and we can be moving past the pandemic and we can continue having meaningful chats with people with perhaps a more optimistic tone. So we hope you'll return. We thank you for listening this far and... You'll continue doing so in the future. For updates on future episodes, I'm going to make one last plea. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at Graffito Podcast. Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks, Drew. Great season. And Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye to you all, and thanks for listening.